that working now? Okay. Thanks for waving. I can't hear a thing. Anyway, Mike had moved up to, of all cities, Berwick, the town that we pastored in for years, and, and he asked me 20-some years ago, probably, could I have my pastor come and speak? And uh, I said, sure. And I remember the first time we met, your pastor always takes care of people. He brought me a brand new watch. I still have it. Uh, they checked into the Hampton Inn in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, 20 minutes away, and I got a call that the car didn't work. So we had it all reserved. I had to drive down there, and Pastor John had to wait. None of us likes that, but we got along fine ever since. We've been through so many things, so many memories, so many things God has done. And he always teased me because instead of my name on my desk, one of those slide-in signs, anybody familiar with those, I just had the word no with an exclamation point just to mess with people. So I'm honored that somebody, they won't tell me who bought me this today. No, 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 no. No. For the last time, no. All right, I'll put it away. So I'll, I'll have fun with that too. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. My wife and I are separated right now. Pray for us. I hate traveling without her, but we couldn't get anyone to watch our goats and dogs and until we've got about a five-day slot. She comes down Thursday. Our oldest granddaughter is 20 now, and uh, she's getting married in Thomaston on uh, Saturday. So we're here for the week. By the grace of God, she's coming down, and we're going to visit church Sunday and just be here to hear your pastor, and we're excited about that. We're grateful for that. Appreciate all your support. Do you know that your church and so many of you have been supporting us for just over three years now? And I'm happy to announce that we're running over a thousand people. But but we're not. We're we're not. I'm I'm not. I'm not like all ego stuff. Uh, I'm not worried about it. I know God's got us there. I told our church, you hang in there. I'm not going anywhere till he says so, and I don't think he's ever going to say so. There's only so many more years I can plant anyway, so I'm sticking it out. We've had some great results, and we're hanging in there. Got somebody filling in for me today and next Sunday, and we just appreciate all your support. It wouldn't be possible what we're doing literally before the Lord wouldn't be possible you guys have been tremendous. You, you are making the impossible possible. And there are souls in heaven because of your investment. One guy that graduated from high school with me, Catholic background, uh, started coming. He heard I had a church. It's three hours north of where we grew up. He said, I didn't know Al Robbins was pastoring up here. He and his wife came. They both accepted Christ. He called me one night. He said, you remember that prayer you talked to me about? I don't push the sinner's prayer. I want him to really decide. He said, I'm ready to pray that now. And I got to baptize him and his wife about three months ago. We baptized 13 people, and it was a huge moment, and I'm so grateful. Appreciate Pastor John and Kelly 
you know, as pastors, you have to open up to each other about things. He's one of the few pastor friends that I can really uh, be myself with and open up. In fact, one day I'm at his, his kitchen table, dining room table, kitchen table, and he said, pay attention, you're not listening. I was on my phone. I just ripped my T-shirt right off and said, I'm paying attention. So we can, we're like the odd couple. He can tell me you're drifting too much when you're driving. He hates to ride and I hate to ride. So he lets, he lets me drive. Anyway, uh, we, have, we have so many memories. One time we brought him up and it wasn't his, his birthday uh, was coming and we had a big celebration for his birthday big surprise celebration years ago at our larger church. So we're grateful to be here today. I'm very thankful. Uh, This message came to me. I had something else I was going to share, but last Monday morning praying, God dropped a passage in my heart, and and it worked on me. And uh, in fact, I posted the verse on Facebook, and... uh, the next day and every day and even yesterday and today, he's been pouring in more and putting this message together. I think it's done, and he said, no, 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 we're going to do this. And he's spoken to my heart and spirit. Uh, coming down, I was driving through New York State, uh, just northeast of Pennsylvania on Wednesday, getting ready to preach in Inwood, West Virginia at an Assembly God church, a friend of mine's there, and uh, I started to listen to the message from last week. A couple of things stood out. One was that your pastor said it was one of those weeks where God just dropped it in and you didn't have to struggle or search. That last week's message just came to him with clarity, and that's what was happening to me. And then he began to preach, and he went to Luke 15, the prodigal son returning, and I shut the message off. I listened to it on my phone, through the system, in the car, listen to you guys quite often, because I didn't want to hear what he said. So I'll listen to the other part of it on my way home next week. But until then, I didn't want to influence what God was speaking to me. He was touching me and speaking to me, and it reminded me of something major in the church today, that a lot of the church is not ready. A lot of the church is walking in the wrong direction, and it's important for us, before you get all sober on me, I want us to reflect today. And Father, I ask you to open our minds and hearts. Your word says by the foolishness of preaching, God. And I'm here today, and as Pastor John says every week, I'm nothing. I'm not anybody special, but you've called me to share this message. I'm here today in, under divine guidance and providence. And I ask you to give me liberty in my mind, in my thinking, in my heart, in my spirit. And I trust you to open the minds, hearts, and spirits of those that are here because you have something life-changing that is going to bring about some decisions this morning towards you. And we thank you and we praise you. We give you every bit of the honor, the praise, and the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, have you ever heard the, the, uh, 
phrase, dead man walking. Anybody ever heard that? Can I see the hand? That's a, if you Google it, you can Google it, not now, all right? If you Google it, you will find it is a traditional saying in prison when an inmate is being transferred to be executed to his death. How many are familiar with that? And as he's walking, there he is walking, escorted by the guards. Imagine what he's thinking. I'd like you to get into this with me today and to think about this. Dead man walking. Other inmates are yelling, dead man walking. And he's walking and he's about to die. And he must be thinking things like, why did I do what I did? Is that real stuff? Why, why did I do it? I've ruined my family, my friends. I ruined the family of the victim. And now I, here I am condemned to die. And I'm only a few feet away from the executioner's chair or the lethal injection on a table or what have you. And, and here I am, and they're chanting and they're yelling, dead man walking. Can you catch how that must feel? Dead man walking. And he's going further and further and further and further and further. And it's nothing can be changed. It's too late. He's now sentenced to die, and his time on earth is done. But listen to me. You and I are dead men walking and dead women walking. Before Christ, the Bible says we were going to die in our sins. The Bible says we were born in sin and shapen in iniquity. And the sad fact is we were dead men walking. Colossians 3, verse 3, keep your finger there. We're going to come back to this passage. But it says in Colossians 3, verse 3, for ye are dead. Now, that's a different type of dead, and I'm going to get into that. But as we were walking, it says in Ephesians 2, 1, we were dead in trespasses and sins. We were dead. How many realize you were dead in trespasses and sin, addictions and habits, and all the things that we did, and you don't even have to share what you did, but how many remember what you did? You know who you were, and you know what your life was like. You were a dead man walking. You were just, you were headed to a godless, Christless eternity in hell. And it wasn't for a week or two sentence. It wasn't for a six-month county jail time. It was for eternity. On the gates were written the words forever. On the walls it says forever. There's no getting out. Once we have died, the Bible says, as a tree falleth, so shall it lie. There's no sense praying for people that have died. It's over. You can't bring them back. You can't lead them to Christ. That's why we need to do our best to, to find the lost and disciple the found and commission them and equip them. We were dead men walking. This guy right here, my grandfather, I've told you before, but it ties in today. He was a dead man walking. He was a drunk. 
He was an alcoholic. It was the end of the Depression, and he lost his driver's license for drunk driving. He couldn't provide for his family. It was already bad enough that that they had to farm out one of my uncles to a whole different family back in the 30s. That was done quite often because money was so tight. And a whole different family raised one of my uncles. And one day my grandfather asked my dad, want to go hunting? And my dad said, no, I don't want to go. He was a teenager. And my grandfather was so depressed, he went out in the woods and they found him the next morning. He'd shot himself. He was addicted to alcohol, and while under the influence of alcohol, he took his life in the woods of Maine. I never got to meet him. That was in the 30s. After that, my dad picked up drinking, and he was a rough, he was a boxer. He worked in the woods. He went in the Army World War II, and he was so addicted. He was a dead man walking. Are you following me? Alcohol was everything to him and women, and he's walking that way. And one day in Villacouble, France, he left the base, went behind enemy lines into a wine cellar to get himself drunk. He just had to have that buzz. And he said, son, I got, he only told me this story one time shortly before he died. He said, son, I got in that wine cellar, I got wasted, and then I saw a barrel of wine left. I grabbed an old rusty key, I wrapped it in a rag, I shoved it in the end. He was a strong man. He put it over his shoulder, and he's walking out, and two German officers captured him, took him down an alley to kill him. French citizens came out and ended up escorting him back to the base. Fill in the blank. He would never tell me the exact details. But because they did that, here I am. And at age five, my dad left because he was a dead man walking. Alcohol meant more to him, and other women meant more to him. And he walked away and left my mother to work two jobs in a laundromat and then three to 11 in a shoe factory to take care of my sister and I. And he moved to California with a woman with five kids, and mom and my Pentecostal grandmother and my sister and I were left there alone. And it was all a bunch of people who were dead men walking. My pastor's wife, I, was, I didn't have a pastor yet, came and invited us to church, and we went. And at age five, I accepted Christ. I knew I needed Jesus because I believed my mom and grandmother and this pastor and his wife. And at age 46, years later, I would visit my dad in California. I would I remember the night my stepbrother and my sister took the screen off my room and pulled me out in the backyard and hid me in a tent under a cot because dad was totally drunk and was beating up my stepmom and was going to take my sister and I away. He couldn't live with himself. And three cruisers came to arrest him and take him. I'll never, I'll never forget that night. But when he hit 46, he went to AA got some help through a higher power. A few years he moved back to Maine, and I explained to him who the only higher power is, that it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And dad, <laughs> dad accepted Christ, and so did my stepmom, and he never touched another drop. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, well, I'm dipping in and out because I like it, 
you can't relate down here, but in Maine it happens. Huh? I got to give it up. I'm a dead man walking. I've come to Christ, but now I'm going, still going the wrong way. Anybody? Is that real? Dead man walking, dead man walking, dead man walking. And as he walked, he came to Christ. I baptized him and my stepmom in water. And in one of our churches, the larger church in Berwick, both sets of my parents, my mom and stepdad who raised me and my father and stepmother, all attended my church. That's what God can do. It's never hopeless. And so we're walking in the wrong direction. Pastor Jason's going to help me. I'll take you now, man. Come on up. And Pastor Jason mentioned the same thing a little in his testimony. Just put him in the cuffs, okay? <coughs> Dead man walking. He was there. He'd been to church years ago. And while he's walking as a dead man, not living for God, into the restaurant where he worked came a certain pastor called John Wood. How many know his testimony? And you know what happened? You know what happened? He came back to church, and he realized where he was. He realized what was happening in his life that was of eternal significance. And while he's walking into a godless eternity, Jesus came up. Anybody have Jesus tap you on the back? And he said, come here, buddy. <laughs> and he broke those chains, <laughs> and he touched him, and he said, you were a dead man walking, but now you're dead to those things, and now look where you're going. I'm going to make you an associate pastor. Come on, child. Come on, son. Come on. Give God a hand today. Thank you, Jesus. Now... He is dead. He's dead to the old and alive to the new. And only God knows what the future holds, but we know what eternity holds. And now God's using him, a failure, a sinner just like me, just like you. Come on. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. And it doesn't matter what you've done and what you haven't done. We all have our stuff. Don't start gossiping gossiping about somebody else, by the way, because your video could show too. Oh, I, why, I never, no, you don't tell, come on. Now look what's happening. You know the devil's confused and angry, but it's not going to stop. Thank you, pastor, thank you. How many of you can say the same thing today? I got to hurry because I want to pray for you. I got to hurry. Are you okay? Are we okay, Pastor? Colossians 3 says, now you're dead. Look at it. Now you are dead. You're dead. And it's not referring to dead man walking to hell. It refers to the fact that Christ has turned you around. And the old gospel chorus said, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. You know why? Because I'm free and I don't want to. How many of you were like a guy in my church that didn't want to smoke, but he would go up behind the chimney on his roof, and he'd hide behind the chimney and have a cigarette because his wife wouldn't know? Come on. 
I pull in one day, a guy's working on my old camouflage postal Jeep, postal Jeep that I use for hunting, like a $500 super fine vehicle, and it was leaking gas, and I pull in, and he was new to my church, and he sees, oh, pastor's coming. It's the end of the world, and he throws down his cigarette, which rolls under my Jeep. We'll call him Bill. That wasn't his name. I said, Bill, listen, buddy. It's okay. We all have to change some things in our lives. But don't throw your habit under my Jeep. I don't want it to blow up. Other guys, you go there and you don't know you happen to get in their vehicle. You're sitting there to drive through. You open their glove compartment. And there are things in there that shouldn't be in there. What do you mean? I don't think I have to spend much time on it. Come on. Help us, Jesus. Help us, God. You know, he'll interrupt generations. I was a dead man walking as a little boy, and he said, no, not this boy. He lost his grandfather and his father, and I'll I'll reach the father later, but for now, come here, son. And he pulled me out of it. He pulled me out of it, and he changed the entire trajectory of my life. And at 18, he made me a preacher. And I'm still a preacher, and I'll be 65 next week. And he's kept me. And I've been faithful to my wife by the grace of God. And I've never touched a drop of alcohol. Don't ask me why, because it was such a family pattern. He broke it. And he said, you're going to be different. Now my kids are being raised the same way, and my grandkids And now we're dead men walking. We're dead to what we could have done wrong. We're dead to our past, and we're alive to him. Just plowing forward, addicted, lost, broken, torn up, chained, prisoners, sentenced by our own sins, our own sins, our own sins. And guess what? He interrupts generations, generations generations, your grandfather, your father, your mother, it doesn't matter. He pulls up a little five-year-old boy. Once you had to run to these things. Once you had to run to alcohol, drugs, sex, pornography. That doesn't happen here, right? In Maine, though, we have a problem with that. People running around on each other. Oh, no, I just took her to lunch. That's where it starts, by the way. Sorry, I'm old-fashioned, but I don't, I don't do these things. I don't get a ride. I'm walking in a lightning storm once. A woman from town said, Pastor, what are you doing? I was coming back from the gym to the office. I said, I'm just going over here to Burger King. My wife's going to pick me up. Do you want a ride? And she thought I was a f- offensive to her. I said, no, I, I just don't ride with women. Believe me, I... Never wanted to ride with a woman more than her right then because lightning is popping. But I didn't want anything to do with anyone saying anything or any chance for my heart to slip or hers. Learned in Bible college to build barricades and borders around your heart. And God kept me in Jesus' name. Think about that walk, a horrible walk. It's over. You're done. And then someone comes named Jesus and turns your whole life around. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, fear not him that can hurt the body, that him that can deliver your soul and body to hell. 
That's an amazing passage of Scripture, an amazing verse. Now we walk another way. We go somewhere else. We change. We are delivered. Romans 6, 7 says, now we're dead men walking, but we're dead to what we were and what we could have been, and we're walking away from execution and death in our sins to freedom and life and purpose in life and usefulness to God and rescuing others who can be rescued from what we were like to what God can make out of their lives. I don't care what you did or what you're struggling with today, a wonderful change can come over you. If you'll say, okay, you'll listen. Don't keep plowing. I'm dead man walking. I'm addicted. I got, I just like to do, no. He will set you free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Invite him in, accept Christ. And don't just pray the prayer. Oh, dear God, forgive me of my sins. Take me to heaven someday. That's okay if you mean it, but it involves letting him take the wheel of your vehicle. It's not just forgive me there, I'm fine. Let's go get wasted at the bar. No, it's saying, Lord, change me. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. I would be like you. You are the potter, I'm just the clay. Mold me and make me. This is what I pray. Is that your prayer today? Romans 6, 7 says, he that is dead is freed from sin. Romans 6, 11 says, count yourselves to be dead to sin. Colossians 3, 3 says, you're dead. You're dead from how you were going. You've accepted Christ. You're listening to the teaching you're getting in the Word of God daily, and it's changing your trajectory, your life's direction. It's, it's bringing people along with you to heaven. It's planning more churches. It's doing more for God when you could have done nothing, and instead, you've got such good news, you just have to share it at gas stations, at hotels. I go back out to my clerk last night. I said, do you mind if I pray for you? And I talked to her a little, and I started to play her a little bit of the Tremaine Hawkins song, Changed. Any remember, remember that oldie that we used to sing in choir in the late 70s in Bible college? And a wonderful, and I prayed for her. I teared up. I didn't care who's coming in and out. If you're at a gas station or a Walmart, you can lay hands on somebody with their permission, of course, or you'll get arrested and pray for them. And they will say, you're exactly what I needed today because God will send you as dead to the old and now alive to the new. God will send you as a rescuer, as an EMT, as a 911 response vehicle, somebody that might be at the very end, and God will use you to lift them and encourage them and strengthen them. Look at Colossians 3.3. 3. Look at this. Colossians 3, verse 3. You are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Kind of like one of those Russian nesting dolls. <laughs> your life is hid with Christ in God. Your life, the mess that it was, you were dead this way. He turned you, and now you're dead to the past. You don't even want to go there. How many of you say 10 years ago, or let's say 100 years ago, then you won't be embarrassed. How many of you 100 years ago would have gone to a bar with me tonight? 
and got wasted. Hmm? Less than 100 years ago. Come on. Now, how many of you are sitting here saying, oh, he mentioned alcohol. I just, I want to go get wasted. I want to go, Pastor Al and John, will you go? How many of you would go now? Is somebody pointing a gun at you? No, it's because you were dead this way. He set you free, and, and now you're, you're dead this way. You're, you're locked up with Jesus, and you're saying, I don't want to go. I don't want to do drugs. I don't want to sleep around. I don't want another woman. I don't want to do something illegal. I don't want to curse and swear. I know that doesn't happen here, but come on. I think it does in that Atlanta traffic, I'll tell you. I just kept telling myself, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. Don't ram anybody. I'll sometimes tell my wife, can I be open? I'll say, look at that idiot. And then I'll say, loving Christ, Pastor L. (laughs) Come on. Everything changes when he changes us. And our life is hid with Christ in God. I, you know, men on a road trip, take care of yourself. Don't take that secretary to lunch. How do I know that? Because I've had friends lose pastorates over that. Is that okay to say that? I don't want to be in trouble, but, huh? I'm so conscious of that because I know what could happen to me because for a few years in high school, I was saved and going to church, but dead in the other direction. Is this okay? I mean, there's a lot of blank looks. Can I hear an amen or... Or can you say, I don't want to hear any more of this. I'm too uncomfortable. You could travel and sleep with as many people as you want, and your spouse would never know, Lady, ladies and gentlemen. How many know that? Huh? Nobody knows that? That's possible. Huh? Thank you. Two honest people. Thank you. Listen, come on. You know you can sit in church and lie. Okay, you got that. Thank you. <laughs> Sheila got it. I knew it. Sheila be coming around the mountain when she comes. I kidded her about that for years now. Listen, listen. Ephesians 2, 1. You have to quicken. We're dead. You're a dead man walking, a dead woman walking. You have no desire. You have no desire. You, you don't desire a strip club. Had a Christian friend years ago tell me, pastor, he said, uh, uh, my boss wanted to go to a strip club after work, and he made me go. Uh, Then quit your job. Are you kidding me? Well, what are you going to, well, when I had one guy once say, well, my mind was pure when I went in. I said, what was it when you came out? And what testimony are you leaving? And the Bible says we're not to look at anything like that anyway. Boy, it's quiet here today. I don't know. I, I gotta, I'll bring a different message next time. Today I'm telling you, stop it. Stop it. Don't just come in. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I love the Lord. Repent. Repent means to change. You ever go down the road and you're going the wrong way? I did it not long ago. I hate to admit it, especially as a former police officer. <laughs> and cars are coming. In Ellsworth, Maine, I came out of Walmart. Eh, whoops. Bring it right around, boys and girls. If you're going the wrong way, how many have ever gone the wrong way spiritually? 
Oh, that's not. It should be every hand up. We've all done it. Let's change it. Colossians 3, 3, read it later. We're out of time, but it, it talks about these things that are different now. Mm. Says we, verse 7, in which we also walked some time when we lived in them, but now put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Help us, Lord. Lie not to one another, seeing that you've put off the old man with his deeds, and you've put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Help us, God. Take on humbleness, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We walk another way. Ephesians 2, 1 says, You hath he quickened, who were dead men walking in trespasses and sins. We're now wrapped up and enveloped in his arms. Our thoughts have changed. Our thoughts are different now. Our focus is different now. Ephesians 2, 6, 6 says, we've been made to sit in heavenly places. He's lifted us. He's changed us. My whole family history changed when he yanked up a little boy out of that mess. And your family history will change if you let him continue to do his work. Let him have his way in your life. Romans 6, 4 says, even so now... Walk in newness of life. Anybody ever play with sin? Good. That's at least 20 people. We're doing better. Come on. Listen. Any, anybody ever play with sin? We're all terrible. And then you come in Sunday. I'm so sorry. Change me, God. And you go out and do it again that week. Doesn't happen. Anybody? Come on. Huh? Okay. Thank you. Help me. I'm trying to finish. We don't want to die in our sins. Romans 6, 1 says, how, that, how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? James 1, 21 and 2 says, 21 and 22, lay aside all filthiness and naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word. Today I invite some of you to let him turn you around. And don't hear, sit here saying, no, 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 no. 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 Yeah, that was by accident. That's enough. Anyway, I drove, counting, running around here over 1,500 miles to bring this message. I could have brought something that was already finished. I am asking you with all my heart, this could be your last day, your last hour, your last week. I know a true story of a guy in church one Sunday, he wasn't feeling good, and he got out in the foyer and he said to his wife, I, I just, I forgot to pay my tithe. Now, you know, you can send it in Monday, whatever, but he said, I want to pay my tithe before we go home, I don't feel good. He made out the check and he literally dropped dead in the entryway, leaving the church. 
Now, it wouldn't have made a difference. God knew he was a tither and he'd tithe. But can you imagine the last thing you, you do before God calls you home is to write a check? That's kind of cool. You're coming in, and the angel, all right, man, bro, yeah, you just supported church. Yahoo! Listen, let's let our last time on earth be today saying, change me, God. I was going the wrong way, but now I'm dead to that. Let's stand. They're going to play a song, and I'm going to ask as many as possible. Don't come just to come. But I'd like to see as many as possible before pastor comes. We're going to play that song by Tremaine Hawkins. A wonderful change has come over me. If you're feeling what I'm feeling this morning, would you join me and let your pastor and I pray for you and say, God, I'm, I'm done. Uh, it, it could be just bitterness. It could be you won't forgive somebody. It could be envy. It could be jealousy. They got a new car. You didn't. Listen, bring it to God. And ask him to change you. If your pattern has been jealousy, anybody ever fought jealousy? If it's been lust, greed, envy, anger, rage, bitterness, stop going the wrong way and bring it to him this morning. In Jesus' name. Listen to this song and come when you can. I'm going to kill my mic. If you can't sing this,
know this is an older song. Turn it up just so that I'll be able to hear it. What you don't know is that if you were to ask me one song that was your theme that first decade when I surrendered my life to Christ, I'll bet you I played this song a thousand times because I was changed. <laughs> my friends looked and they said, where did you get that liberty? Where did you change? All things passed away. And he made all things new. And would you give us about three minutes? I just want to enjoy this song. Just play that for me. Listen to these lyrics. And see if you can resonate with your testimony. Someone say amen. Thank you. Would you be seated for just a quick moment? Ushers, if you will. Uh, Joseph, can you hop up? Are you close by? How fast can you do it, Joseph? Yeah, how fast can you do it, Joseph? This generation, man. In my generation, we just two steps. And the drape would have went like that. Guys, we want to take an opportunity to sow into Alan, Laura. Um, with any church plant, you know, there's always needs. And many of you are faithful. Uh, some of you have pledged monthly, but over the years to, to sow and give. But is it okay to just bless him this morning? Is that all right this morning? Amen. So we're going to take an offering for him uh, and him and Laura. Al, we appreciate uh, the work that you are doing there in Maine. And, you know, all of us, us preachers, all our styles and giftings and stuff are, are varied and different. But that was an on-time word this morning. We got to remember who we were 
so we can be who we're supposed to be. And you know, let me, here's, here's the phrase while the guys are taking up the offer. Here's, here's what stood out in my spirit. I ought to at least be as equally dead to this world as I was to God. This side of the cross, I ought to be at least, at least as equally dead to the world as I was to the Lord before my salvation. That was a timely word, Al. Thank you. A very good word of encouragement. Come on, guys. Let's serve our church family. You can just make it to Christ Chapel. It'll, and you can put uh, Al in the bottom left corner or Christ Chapel, Maine. And, of course, every dime that comes in will make sure to get to them. And Joseph, you didn't get up and play minor keys. That was, that was good. <laughs> Told our, our worship team, refuse the urge to dirge. Where you get up and you, by the time they're done playing, you're just sad. You're ready to jump off a bridge. Guys, when y'all are done, if you'll just take that to Philip. Philip, if you'll just separate the cash and the checks for me and don't lock it up yet. We'll make sure to give that to Al on his way out today. Thank you for your faithfulness and your giving. Would y'all just honor him one more time this morning? So good to have him. Y'all stand with us this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. God, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem today. We pray, Lord, that you would do what you promised to do and that you would push back any voice that rises up against them. Keep your people, O oh Lord. And Christ, in response to the word you gave Lauren in her sleep, uh, last night that the king is coming and we're ready for you lord come get us in jesus name amen have a wonderful week god bless you